How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the MMA Frequency Podcast. We're doing a little review of all the events in October and previewing the one coming up this weekend. Uh, Derek Lewis versus Sergei Spivak. Got a lot of diamonds in the rough on that card, but it's also a card that seems to actually get worse in terms of fight quality the further you go up the card. Very, very interesting. But uh, once again, I missed a bunch of events again. So, because it's going to be a packed episode, let's just go over them very, very quickly. UFC 280. Very, very fun card. Very, very fun card. Uh, Sean O'Malley somehow defeated Peter Jan. Uh That was a banger fight, though. Al apologized to Aljamain Sterling. Apologize again. If you haven't apologized, keep apologizing. Because he's really, really good. Although, uh... TJ Dillashaw went into that fight, and after the after the first takedown, essentially his arm fell off, his his shoulder just exploded out of the socket, uh, and so Aljo basically just had his way with him for the whole first round. He went back to his corner, they popped it back in, and literally like the first exchange in the second round, TJ's arm is hanging out of the socket again, and the referee is staring at this guy's just arm dangling in the breeze and. I understand, like, maybe he can still be dangerous with his arm, but Aljamain just took him down again and very mercifully finished him with strikes on the ground. Uh, Islam Makhachev proved that he's legit. Completely and totally shut me up. I don't think Charles Oliveira fought to his best capabilities. He kind of just leased him the first round by laying on his back and not really trying to do much. I think he was, like, very just kind of proud of his bottom game and trying to see what he could work from there. But, uh... He got tired, and then when it <laughs> when he got knocked down in the second round, it was just over. He threw like a much lazier version of the uh, jumping front kick that he did in the first round. Islam clipped him and immediately put a crazy, crazy squeeze on his head, and Charles tapped out. Very, very sad. Uh, and the lightweight division is officially rest in peace. Uh, 2019 to 2022, you were interesting for three short years, and now you will not be anymore. Because Islam Makachev is going to hoard that belt like the dragon smaug. He will be champ for the rest of his life, probably. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Charles, with a different approach, can do something. Uh, Benil Dariush beat Matsuj Gamrot. It was a great fight. Uh, maybe he can do something. He's a good grappler. He's a good wrestler. But he just <laughs> he just looks to be the leagues ahead of the whole rest of the division, unfortunately. Uh... Cater versus Allen. I'm very, very happy for Max Griffin. He's one of the pod boys. Uh, and he's finally strung together. I think he is literally not strung together two wins in like a long, long time. And he went three in a row, lost to Neil Magny, and now he's back in the winning column again. It's good for him. Uh, Arnold Allen versus Calvin Cater wasn't really a fight, sadly. Uh, poor, poor Calvin Cater. Uh, I mean, I think Allen was starting to break through his defense and, like, hit those big combos. But at the start of the second round, or no, 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 it was at the end of the first round, Cater went for this big jumping knee, went right at him, and uh, Allen dodged. But Cater tried to, like, grab him. He tried to grab him, and while adjusting in midair, uh, the knee that he threw, his leg landed all funny and just exploded. Blew out his knee, uh, started the second round, and just took one leg kick and could not uh, fight anymore. Very, very sad. There's a couple other fights in that card. Uh, oh, fucking Chase Hooper. 
Uh, Chase Hooper looked like he had no idea what he was doing, and as soon as he got punched in the head, just like was knocked for a loop and fell in love with his striking for some reason. Uh, Steve Garcia hit Chase Hooper so hard that he thought he was a striker. The first, the first one too. As soon as he dropped, uh, as soon as he got dropped the first time, he just no game plan, and it was like sideshow Bob. He just kept walking onto counter hooks over and over and over again, and he was throwing these like pathetic spinning back fists and like really really low high kicks with no pop. And he got br brutally TKO'd. Uh, see, Marcos Rogerio de Lima is like a fascinating figure to me because he seems to be the human definition of UFC heavyweight scrubbery and will cover some UFC heavyweight scrubbery when we're previewing the card for this weekend. But he's only ever strung together two wins twice in close to a decade with the company just one win, one loss, one win, one loss, one win, one loss. Beats the bad fighters, loses to good fighters, and for some godforsaken reason, just keeps chugging along. And on the other hand, AEW superstar Andre Arlovsky. If you, if you did look at the numbers, he should have blown the guy out. He had his four-fight win streak. Ah-ha-ha-ha. Because, uh, you know, Andre Arlovsky was going on his scrub cleanup tour over the last couple months. Uh... I can't really tell if it was an impressive performance, seeing that Arlovsky, like, ran himself onto the combo that dropped him, but Delima got him out of there with a rear naked uh, choke. Fight was over in two minutes. Very, very depressing. Uh, the next, uh, nothing really interesting happened on uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemos. Neil Magny had a really, really great win over Daniel Rodriguez. I think he set a record of some kind, some kind of finished record in the welterweight division. Good on you, Neil Magny. Godspeed. Uh, Lemos just uh, kept cracking her over and over and over again and finally broke through her defenses in the third round and uh, knocked her down and finished her. It's kind of just a, 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 a nothing event. And then UFC 281, which is last Saturday, was great. It's awesome. Uh, lots of bangers just uh, start to finish. Uh, let's just start. Well, uh, Ryan's <laughs> poor Dominic Reyes. Ryan Span just annihilated him. Uh, and then also poor Brad Riddell. He also looks like a shell of his former self. Ronaldo Moicano just ran right through him and choked him out in the first round. But the main card was incredibly fun and all finishes. Uh, Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puelas. I'm very lucky I didn't put out an episode before this fight last weekend because I would have shown my whole ass. I <laughs> I've watched the footage and really good knee bar wins. He's a really good grappler, and you know he got the guy to the ground. He got his guy to the ground two fights ago, but it was a off of one of the worst takedowns I've ever seen in my life. And I realized in this fight that Claudio Puelas does not know how to throw a takedown. So Dan Hooker just sat there at range, beat him up, threw the front kicks all fight long, and eventually uh, started really, really hurting him with the body kicks because Puelas just kept Imanari rolling, uh, just falling on his ass and just trying to go for the leg. There was like an interesting leg lock sequence in the first round, but as, but as soon as Hooker figured that out, he had one trick. He, he looked lost in there. It was really, really depressing. Uh, people looked, oh, crotch sniffer, cut him, cut him. He'll be fine. He'll fucking fight somebody next time and get a good win out of it. 
Uh, poor Frankie Edgar in in front of his in New York City. He's a New Jersey legend. Uh, uh, yeah, he was put out to pasture by Chris Gutierrez, who I remember really like. Uh, got a lot of interesting stuff going on, but yeah, just knocked out stiff as a board by a flying knee. Brutal stuff. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler might be on my short list for one of the fights of the year. Maybe just because of how anxious I was the whole time, because Dustin Poirier is my favorite fighter of all time. At least actively fighting. Uh, great back and forth first round. I said he took the first round, to be completely honest. The whole, like, all of Dustin's style makes it just look like he's taking way more damage than he actually is. The nature of his guards, like his footwork, all of that stuff. I thought at the end of the round he hurt Chandler more than Chandler over the last four minutes had hurt him. So I thought he took the first round just based off of uh, the scoring criteria. Uh, if you look at the rules, see? Uh, he kind of just gave up the next round. He kind of let Chandler just kind of tire himself out on top of him for a whole round. Because Chandler didn't really do much. Chandler really did not do much on, uh, just in, uh, guard on Poirier. And then the third round was insane because they start going at it again. Chandler picks him up, tries to go for the pro wrestling slam again. And Dustin slides right off his back and gets him on his knees, not on, like, on his, uh, feet. He's, so Dustin's backpacking him on his knees He's got the hand underneath the chin. So Chandler can't get up or else Dustin's going to slam him on his back and uh, take the back. And he's giving him the rabbit punches and just kind of making sure that he's aware that there's a man on his back. And Chandler tries to... Chandler desperately tried to get out of the submission and Dustin rolled him over, got him on his back, tapped him out. It was an incredible performance. Really, really, really gutsy. Uh, honestly, Dustin Poirier should be on any person's lightweight Mount Rushmore just in terms of longevity and performances he's the best he's also officially closed the violence quadrangle by knocking out Eddie Alvarez uh Justin Gaethje and tapping out Michael Chandler he is he's the best lightweight he's proven himself to be far and above the best one out of those four guys king 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 absolute goat uh Zhang Weili put poor Carlos Barza out to pasture Oh my god, it was brutal. Uh, yeah, tapped her out real quick in the second round. Uh, I was just totally grapple-fucking her. Oh, and then the main event. The main event. Adesanya versus Pereira. Well, it was a fun fight for 24 minutes. I was really enjoying it. for or 23 minutes. <sighs> <laughs> uh, Izzy was doing really good in the feet uh, he's keeping his distance keeping Pereira away from him I think it was the third round where he even took him down which was kind of more Pereira's mistake than Adesanya's like offensive wrestling but once he was there he really tooled him up on the ground and Izzy was trying to get him down to the mat for the rest of the fight and couldn't do it but after the first round it kind of not that like because Cormier was correct uh, on commentary, every time Alex Pereira hit Adesanya, he became incredibly uncomfortable, and you could tell, which is, like, I mean, yeah, Pereira's got, like, the most power in the whole division, but I thought he was doing, like, a really, really good job of 
keeping away from that power, especially after the first round. And not to say that like the threat of Pereira dissipated, but I was like, okay, maybe he is actually going to get an easy decision. And then uh, at the end of the fifth round, is he just? It was just attrition. Like he was doing really, really good, but all Pereira really needed is one. And is he started to slow down in the fifth round? Pereira cracked him with a couple of ones. Just got him up against the fence. He just wasn't, uh, he was just taking too many big hits. And the ref stepped in and stopped it before Pereira hit one that folded the style bender up like an accordion. And, uh, I mean, it is really, really brutal. Because I thought, I watched the tape. I thought that Adesanya won that first kickboxing fight. Uh, Obviously, he got floored in the second kickboxing fight but he was winning this fight too and now you've lost to the guy three times and you got to get your belt back and fight him a fourth time brutal 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 but uh the emperor has no clothes the ufc middleweight champion cannot wrestle he if i was robert whitaker i would be slobbering for this fight i'd be drooling for it i would have had my manager on monday to call dana white ten thousand times because could you imagine? I mean, I think Vittori does okay against him. And I think people kind of overestimate the whole orc chin thing and, like, the big blocky head. I think if he takes a couple clean hits from Prairie, he's going to go down. I don't know if he has the striking capability to stay away from him. Uh, Whitaker, though, would would ruin this man. Whitaker would, would make Alex Prairie look like a little baby with his bottle. So... Also, you get your belt back, you get an easy passing, you cruise to get your belt back, and you get the third Adesanya fight without having to clear out 17,000 more contenders again. That is a great deal for Rob Whitaker, but uh, the UFC kind of screwed him over. That's everything that I missed. Uh, not that much uh, interesting news. Uh, Izzy got <laughs> arrested. That was interesting, flying out of New York. Uh, apparently, they detained him at JFK because he had brass knuckles on him, which I, I don't know why he even, like, apparently, it was apparently uh, his, his manager claimed that it was gifted to him, like his fan gave him the brass knuckles, and the charge got dropped. Like, he's not in trouble. I, I'm, I'm not recording this this podcast because Israel Adesanya currently in a, in on, like, Rikers Island for having brass knuckles. Uh, that was just very, very strange. Uh, a couple of other things. The UFC officially made the fight. It's in Perth, UFC 284, between Volkanovski and Mak- Makachev. I forgot. That's uh, They also did they did the pro wrestling thing because uh, Volk was sitting in the front row watching uh, Oliveira and Islam. And they had him come in. And they had him talk a little shit on the mic. And, you know, they did the little face-off. And it was cute and all. I just think it's, like, just not... It's just not it. It's not the fight to make. Uh, Volkanovski is really, really good. But I don't know. He's going to be undersized against Islam. And somebody, like... I don't know. We'll see. If there's anybody who could surprise me and pull off a win against Islam, it would be Volkanovski. And, like, he's a really, really good striker. Like, he can get up in Islam's face and, like, make him uncomfortable, which is something that I was like, saying that Oliveira should do, I think, I mean, there's also obviously the fear of, like, the reactive takedown, that if you show your ass and you come straight at him, he's just gonna 
slam you to the ground, and that's where you're going to be for the rest of the round. But I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, they made Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett for the interim featherweight championship on literally that same card. So I don't know. I guess if like some miracle happens and Volk wins, maybe that guy gets promoted. Maybe they, he tries to defend both belts. That would like really, really like put him up on not only the pound-for-pound pound list, but like the all-time pound-for-pound list if he was the only male UFC double champ to actually go back and forth. Because, like, Nunez went back and forth between bantamweight and featherweight, but she was fighting scrubs. She was fighting blown-up 135ers and just putting them out to pasture. So, I mean, she still literally is the featherweight champion on paper. She hasn't defended in, like, a year and a half. Because uh, that would be big for Legacy, for Volkanovski. Maybe it'll be a fun fight. I'm a, I'm a little worried he's just gonna get his ass kicked, and I just I just don't want to just don't want to watch a fighter I like get his ass kicked when I could watch a fighter I like have a fun fight against a top contender in his division. And then uh, they also made Costa versus Whitaker on that same card, which such an L for Whitaker because once again I would be doing full court press trying to get that Pereira fight as quickly as possible. I would like I would literally like try and arrange like a like a. Somebody to, like, break Paulo Costa the kneecap or something. I think Whitaker is obviously going to cruise to a pretty easy win there, but, like, oh, it's just so not the fight right now that, that he needs. He needs to be in there against Pereira. I'd love that fight. There's not that much other news. Uh, maybe I'll go over it next episode, but the UFC did a big batch of cuts uh, earlier in October. But other than that, coming up this weekend, it is... Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak in the heavyweight division, and this is this, oof, this this sure is a card full of fights. So let us run them down. Uh, the first one, I'm the first one I'm going to look at. Like there are a couple like just other fights, uh, but uh, Vince Morales and Miles Johns in the prelims. I think this uh really has the potential to be a really really fun. Fight. It was made short notice, and uh, Milestone pulled. Uh, Milestone subbed in like two two weeks notice. Uh, but after looking at the tape, uh, I think Milestone might officially be somebody to watch. Uh, I saw his fights against Kevin Natividad and Anderson dos Santos, and he was really really impressive in both of them. Actually, Kevin Natividad is also fighting on this card. He is fighting Ricky Tercios, which let's just. Digress into that one really, really quick. Uh, it's with that Ricky Tercios. I didn't. He apparently, was really, really bad in his last fight. I don't know if that is kind of like a Chase Hooper thing. Uh, he didn't have he didn't have great striking uh, in the 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 fight I did watch the fight where he won the Ultimate Fighter, but uh, he's always moving. He's always doing something. Uh, the two dad loves to load up on the right hand. So, like, he could, like, crack him. But I've seen Tercios eat a couple of ham sandwiches. Uh, Tercios is a really, really good grappler, too. Uh, so I could see that being a route to victory for him. He's great off his back if Natividad gets him down. He cut open Brady Heastand from strikes from the back. Brady Heastand is also fighting on this card, actually. I didn't do any, like, look into his fight. But I hope he wins. Good fighter. It was a really, really scrappy fight last year. Uh, you know, other than that, uh, Tercios versus Natividad, going to be really, really fun. 
kind of a proving ground for Tercios, whether or not, you know, fraud or not. I do not think he is, but we'll see. If he gets, like, chinned really, really quickly, I can see a lot of narratives turning around really quickly on this kid. But back to uh, Miles Johns. He is, uh, no, he's got a lot of power for Bantamweight. Put on two really, really defensively sound performances against guys who outreached him. Uh, and he's generally a good offensive and defensive grappler. Morales, uh, he's all right, too. Uh, his record, he's kind of got one of those, like, spotted records. Not, not like, uh, Rogerio de Lima, where I'm, like, definitional scrub. But he's one of those guys where, you know, he's beat decent guys and lost to good guys. So it's hard to really, like, properly rate him as, like, where he fits in, like, a unranked position. Because all of those, like, lightweights and welterweights and bantamweights and featherweights, they, they're all killers. They all pick up wins against each other all the time. Uh, so, like, yeah, you can, like, repeat, like, oh, Sherdog says this guy's the 65th ranked best belt bandweight in the world. But really, you, you just have to see him fight. Whoever wins, wins. Uh, until they really start to, like, show themselves and who they are and, like, get into the top 15. You can really start to evaluate matchups for them. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't seen John strike in combinations all that often. Uh, Vince Morales does do that, which might put him at an advantage on the feet. Uh, I don't know. This might be a sleeper candidate. It might be one of the best fights on the car. That seems to be really, really fun to watch. Uh, Charles Johnson and Zal Zalgas Zumagulov. Uh, it's really a get-right fight for both of these guys. I like Charles Johnson from what I watched of him, but he uh, just totally walked right into the Mohamed Mokayev meat grinder in his first fight. Just got thrown around for three straight rounds and like not make separation. That's another person, actually. Uh, Mokayev fought on one of these cards uh, that I was covering. Oh, yeah, he fought on uh, 280. Uh, did the same thing to Malcolm Gordon, just threw him around for three rounds and tapped him out at the end of the third. Crazy stuff. That's a guy to watch. But, uh, yeah, Zumagalov is one in four in the UFC. But, like, they've put him up against, like, <laughs> they put him up against, like, a lot of, like, really, really good guys. And I'm not really sure. Like, his last fight he lost by a split decision, too. Uh, I'm not really sure if, like, just looking at the record is properly rating his talent here. Uh, but he's probably going to get cut. It's one more bad performance and one more loss. Uh, I don't know. Interesting fight between both these guys. Uh, looking out for that one. It probably should not be the prelim headliner, to be completely honest. Probably Morales and Johns. Uh, I didn't do any research into this, but I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, Marina Morales has kind of looked like a killer since she came back to flyweight. And once again, she's trying to banish the boredom. Fucking Jennifer Maya. Goddamn. Uh, law of attrition and law of women's flyweight tells us that the most boring fighter will always win. So we'll keep an eye on that one. On to the main card. This one's a banger right off the jump. It's Jack Della Maddalena versus Danny Roberts. And everyone loves Jack Della Maddalena. And I really have no notes. I cannot complain. I cannot be a contrarian. He's coming off two first-round finishes that are really, really great. Uh, he's, I, I should not say, like, <laughs> uh, he's got a cracking jab, 
great finishing instinct. Once he hurts a guy, he's like really good at. He, not to compare him to one of like one of the guys with the greatest finishing instinct of all time. He's almost like Poirier esque uh, in his last two finishes. And I haven't seen him tested much on the ground, but he did escape a tight ass anaconda choke in his last fight. So. Uh, this is one of, like, he's one of the surging prospects in the UFC, and I think they really want to get him, like, some big fights. They want to get his name out there and, like, get him, maybe even push him up into the rankings. Danny Roberts is a guy who's been around forever. Pretty good. Uh, I like his performance against uh, Zalim Imadayev. He's got power. I really don't have uh, any like commentary or analysis on Danny Roberts. He's just a basic striker. He's got a lot of good power. But uh, it's a good step up for Della Maddalena because Roberts has been around forever and fought a lot of guys. Just has good position in the uh, welterweight division. I think this one has a, a very good chance to break down into a raw firefight. These guys are going to swing on each other, possibly. Uh, but Jack, uh, that, that Della Maddalena jab is crazy. He's got a crazy jab, so he might keep that guy just, uh, you know, at the end of his arm for the whole fight and piece him up. And this is essentially the people's main event. Essentially. Oh my gosh. Uh, Andre Fialio versus Muslim Salikov. This is kind of a get-right fight for both guys, because Fialo blew up last year in the UFC or my bad, he blew up this year in the UFC. Had four, he's had four fights in 2022. This is going to be his fifth. I think he's not tying the record because I think what is the, the record for most fights in a year? I, I know Kevin Holland has five wins in a year and that's tying a record, but I don't know. He's been fighting a lot. Uh, his debut against Michelle Pereira was fucking awesome. It was a banger. He looked great in a loss. Uh, TKO and Miguel Baeza is a killer. Uh, Cameron Van Camp, whatever. Uh, but he kind of got touched up by Jake Matthews, and he said since like he underestimated Matthews. He's coming back. Uh, he's coming back with a vengeance. So I believe him. He's a really good striker. Got a lot of power. Uh, really, really fun. And then Salikov. I was actually there for his last fight. Uh, Li Jingliang. Uh. Oh, great fight, back and forth, uh, firefight, and Jing Leong got the better of him. He's actually won a lot of fights in the UFC, but really, like, I don't know, he might be, like, on the verge of getting ranked. It's possible. Uh, he's just a, he's another just very, very good striker. Uh, both of those these guys are trying to rebound off a loss. This is another one. I honestly think it's probably, this one probably has more of a chance of, devolving into a sloppy brawl than uh, Jack Della and Denny Motter, Denny Roberts, but who knows? We'll wait and see. Uh, the next fight on the card, I like, I had to like comedically wipe off my glasses and look at the screen again when I saw this bout on the card because I could have sworn, I was like, okay, Chase Sherman, Waldo Cortez Acosta. Waldo Cortez Acosta, didn't he debut like two weeks ago? I was like, what is, I was like, what is happening? Like, what's going on? I thought, I, I watched Contender Series fight. He was really good. He got a great finish. He showed good instincts in the clinch and stuff. And I was like, huh, okay, cool. 
And uh, I was like, yeah, I, I thought I watched that fight. Didn't he fought a heavyweight scrub, right? And then I checked, and he's just uh, coming back, getting rebooked really, really quick. <laughs> because uh, I, I, I looked, and I realized my eyes were not deceiving me. He just got made uh, another fight like three weeks after beating Jared Vandera. And I like Waldo Cortez Acosta, but like Chase Sherman, man. Chase Sherman? What does beating Chase Sherman fucking say about you as a fighter? Not much more than beating Jared Vandera. And like, uh, I was kind of expecting a finish over Vandera, but he's still promising to me, even if he didn't put Vandera out to pasture. Uh, but now he's got another chance with Chase Sherman. I would hopefully like to see some kind of like Mortal Kombat fatality tier shit if uh, he really wants to get on my radar as a heavyweight prospect. Uh, this next fight is literally a co-main event custom designed to drive me insane and make me not want to watch or cover this card. It's Ion Kudalaba versus Kennedy Nischekowu. I might have just... Nischekowu? I might have just butchered his name, but... <sighs> what can you do? Uh... He was, he basically won a meme fight uh, when he knocked Carlos Olberg out in his debut after getting com completely and utterly chinned for the whole first round. Uh, picked up a couple losses, came back beating Carl Roberson. He's just a big, light heavyweight who likes to swing, baby. Uh, Ian Kudalaba has, was very, very promising a couple of years ago. Even had a number next to his name. Uh... Got trashed by Magomed and Kalaev, and then has basically never recovered since. His best win since then is over Devin Clark. Uh, just a couple of months ago at a UFC 279, Johnny Walker ran right through him, totally choked him out. It was it looked easy for Johnny Walker, which Johnny Walker is not exactly a submission artist. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about. I do not want to talk about this fight. On to the main event. Uh, Derek Lucid versus Sergey Spivak. This one seems very, very self-explanatory. Just like essentially every single other Derek Lewis fight. You stay on the outside. You slam the lead leg. You keep your heads up. Your hands up, my bad. You keep your hands up. And you don't shoot a naked single leg in the dead center of the octagon. Looking at you, Curtis Blades. Essentially, stay as far away from the dynamite hands of uh, Lewis as possible. And just try and tire him out. Uh, Cyril Gaon put on a beautifully demonstrated performance of that. Oh my god. Just totally uh, kept him at range and picked him to pieces. And then uh, he just got into two very, very stupid fights with Taito Ivasa and Sergei Pavlovich where he threw uh, they both threw at each other and he was the one who got knocked out. Womp womp. Uh, Sergey Spivak is a decent grappler. I can see him going to the ground against Blades, but uh, Blades is the king of just fucking stand up. So, uh, and once again, as long as he doesn't shoot a, as long as he doesn't shoot a takedown that looks like he's trying to pick up twenty bucks off the floor, looking at you again, Curtis Blades. Uh, he might be able to get him down, but I don't. And like, I think he's smaller than uh, Derek Lewis by a couple pounds. And that's the other thing, is that, yeah, 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 he's got, like, the hands and all that. Oh, he's a heavyweight. Oh, he knocks people out. But his best win might literally be 
tied to Ivasa from three years ago. Uh, I mean, beat Sakai, beat Greg Hardy, maybe Olenek, but uh, uh, this is screaming. This is screaming easy setup fight to me. This is screaming that uh, Derek Luce is getting old and the UFC wants to get a bunch more highlight reel finishes out of him before he retires. Who knows? Maybe Sergei Spivak proves me wrong. Maybe Sergei Spivak looks like the like the like the next coming of of Fedor Milinenko and just just runs right through him. I'd love to be wrong, but this is literally a card that gets worse as it goes along because <laughs> Fialio and Salikov is like the the last uh like fight of actual technical quality that happens on the card, and then it's just heavyweight and light heavyweight garbage all the way through the end but in the words of donald trump i'll keep drinking that garbage baby i'll be there i'll be watching the fights uh i'm taking a deliberate week off next week we're scheduled we're putting it into the schedule this time instead of just looking at your pod app and being like hey where's the mma frequency because uh, there's no fight next week but uh there is pfl championships next weekend there's a Bellator and a one fight this weekend. So next time I come back, we will be talking about Lewis and Spivak. We'll be talking about uh, Christian Lee is fighting fighting up for the one welterweight championship. And uh, I believe it's uh, Nemcom versus Anderson 2 again because that first fight ended in the most ridiculously Bellator way possible. We covered it on the original run of the show. Uh so I will be back before uh, uh, Stephen Thompson versus Kevin Holland to tell you all about it. That's me for today. See ya.